1: Welcome to The Happy Vagina, where we shame us thoughts and feelings around all things sex, sexual health, gender and body judgment. We share honesty about our experiences so you can do the same, leading us all to better health, better sex and better lives. I'm Mika Simmons. And today on The Happy Vagina, I am delighted to have the inspirational model, activist, and period campaigner, Kenny Jones. Kenny, Hello. welcome to The Happy Vagina.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> brave, brave man that you are brave in so many ways but but mostly i find you brave because you are the first man to come on my podcast and just for those people that are listening can you tell them a little bit about yourself
2: cool so yeah my name is kenny uh i'm a transgender model and activist my activism is focused around menstruation mostly but i talk about body politics mental health and intimacy also
1: great let's get intimate let's do it full disclosure kenny lockdown special this is the second time we've done this
2: <laughs> no technology is so difficult isn't it <laughs> it's
1: difficult for me but we're both as bad as each other
2: no i'm definitely bad with technology honestly we're just we're just,
1: we're just kindred spirits i think
2: <laughs> i just yeah i'm just really i don't know i just it just doesn't work for me all the time does it <laughs> but it's, it's fine true. we're here now we're here now.
1: We are here now and before we do anything else Kenny, as you know we always start the Happy Vagina with a quiz. Five questions, true or false? Mm-hmm. I know you're excited for this. Let's do it. Okay, I have changed the questions since last time. Okay. Question one, LGTB conversion therapy is still a legal practice in the UK today?
2: So yes you can do it.
1: It is still legal and a recent four and a half million pound survey found that 2% of its 108,000 UK respondents had been asked to undergo conversion therapy. Oh wow. I know. Any type of conversion therapy is based on intolerant, inaccurate and outdated assumptions about gender and sexual orientation. Essentially it's a suggestion, isn't it, that your feelings of sexual orientation are in some way misplaced and that if you are brainwashed enough, suddenly miraculously you will come back to what
2: yeah I think yeah it's 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 just a really nasty thing to to happen isn't it because it's like it's it's who they are it's who you are as a person and I you know conversion therapy is basically saying no no we don't believe you that's not what it is um you should be you should be straight you should be cis and yeah it's just it's, it's it's just not a way to to live by is it
1: it's also the real blocking of freedom of speech. Yes. But just recently, I've been stalking you on Instagram, as you know, and I sent you a little link to some friends of mine that are doing a, a campaign around changing that. I'm not yeah. sure if you have know it or not.
2: No, I haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, there's a few things that are coming up around that. Obviously, people, uh, f- like for the most part, even I didn't realise that, um, you know, you could still do that. So, yeah, I definitely think there's going to be a lot of campaigning around that, um, you know, to make that not be possible anymore because it's quite it's quite wild to think that it, it even is
1: question two in july 2020 150 public figures put their names to a letter warning over the dangers of so-called council culture
2: mm-hmm. yes
1: yes kenny's <laughs> just like yes, that happened.
2: <laughs> I, I know that's to do with jk Rowling, isn't it
1: she was one of the people that put her name to it but that's kind of not really I Well, listen, there's been a lot said around that already, Um, and I'm, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts, but I'm kind of more interested in talking about cancel culture and coming back to this idea of freedom of speech, because regardless of what's been going on within the trans community and J.K. Rowling's extraordinary comments, I do feel that freedom of speech is important and that we shouldn't be cancelling people. And I just wondered what you felt about that.
2: I think to an extent, cancel culture is necessary. I think we're just in a position. Yeah, I think we're just in a position where we need to work out what justice looks like. Because the thing is, with cancel culture at the moment, it's just I feel like it's a bit all over the place. Like some people believe strongly that are, you know, just stop supporting somebody. That's it. Like they can never be successful again. Like they shouldn't have any kind of privilege um within their career because they've you know they've done something but i think it's about kind of weighing up how bad you know is the thing that they've done and have they actually tried to you know uh make 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 up for what they've done wrong um mm-hmm. so i think it yeah i think it's it's quite hard to sit here but i th- i believe cancel culture needs a place within society mm. 100% because you can't mm-hmm. just have like there needs to be consequences and if people don't have consequences they'll say what they want to um so I think cancel culture definitely serves a purpose. And I think for some people, yeah, 100% cancel culture is what needs to happen. I think for some others, it's like, it's it's a bit heavy for what, what they've done. They've done wrong. Um,
1: okay, I feel that you have actually really won me over. And I agree with you. And I think sometimes in life, you need a really, really strong impact and voice around things in order to make change. Exactly. Yeah. So that's
2: what it right. is. Like cancel culture is kind of around, you know, people were speaking out and saying actually no this isn't this isn't right and you know most of the time it's people in power going well I want to make this decision happen um so yeah cancel culture I feel like I feel like it's necessary
1: Mm. question three in 1999 Brad Pitt was in Rolling Stone magazines and was brave enough to wear a very short sparkly dress I'm gonna say yes it is true. We love Brad. <laughs> That's pretty
2: cool. I don't know much about him, but he comes across as really cool.
1: Yeah, I agree. Question four. The Government Equalities Office is launching a public consultation on how best to reform the Gender Recognition Act of
2: 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, given a th- It's kind of difficult, but yes, they did launch it.
1: They launched it and what's going on with it? <laughs> they
2: closed it down. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they basically just turned around and said that they're not going to look into it um I haven't done enough research to speak on it properly but yeah it just seems like they gave us this kind of this window of opportunity and kind of gaslighted us to make us believe that actually they were going to reform it to to better suit the needs of people today um and it doesn't seem like they've you know they actually have any care to do that uh Mm -hmm. so it's quite hard quite hard to see that
1: Mm -hmm. And and the process of changing your gender is is quite difficult at the moment, and actually financially quite challenging, isn't it?
2: Yeah, there's loads of loopholes. It's like if you're if you're not in a situation where you can essentially afford to transition, like it's a privilege to transition because there's lots of costs associated, um, you know, uh, and it's just yeah, it's it's just making people it's making it harder for people to identify as who they believe they are, um, and who they know they are. So it's I don't know why I don't see the why that should be a, a privilege. I feel like Mm. that should be a necessity, Mm. Um, but it's not treated as such.
1: Mm. Mm. How was it for you?
2: Um, I mean, I'm going to say I I got quite lucky um, in terms of like aligning all of my documentation with my identity, because at the time it wasn't there wasn't so much conversation around trans rights. um, And it was a fairly quite I don't think they didn't have the same kind of strictness. As they do now, but because like transness has become a conversation now, they've put a lot more loopholes, um, and, and barricades in order to jump through basically to, to try to transition. So I mean, I I think it was fairly easy at the time. Um, it was just that there was a lot more stigma around it at the time I transitioned because what I'm 26 now, I, I went down that road and started transitioning not medically, but like through, throughout therapy at 11 years old. Um, so yeah, very, I grew up in a very different, different era. Um, in terms of transition and what it would be like for someone to transition today.
1: And I know that you had the support of your your mum, who, yeah. who's not around anymore, and, and like mine, mm. you said it was it was your, your biggest champion, and her support must have meant the world to you to have someone that genetically is really in your bubble mm. to fully, I don't even think, support just to be in it with you. It's like beyond support isn't it it's a sense of it's deeper than acceptance it's deeper
2: she was was there 110% of the time like my pain was her pain my strength was her strength like she she went to every doctor's appointment with me you know whenever I had I was upset because someone had said something nasty to me she'd be a shoulder to cry on you know she she tried to educate herself on as much trans things as, as possible so that she could talk to me about it um she was she was the type of parent that I wish every trans kid could have um mm. because she was just that supportive like there was nothing she ever done that made me feel like you're not here for me never not one point even in times where we were like angry at each other um she was she was there regardless I remember one morning I, I had I had pissed her off a few days before <laughs> and um I had I had an appointment with my GP and I, I thought I was gonna have to go alone and like I woke up in the morning and she was like fully dressed, like sat on the sofa, just staring at me. And I was like, are you coming with me? She was like, I was not going to let you go by yourself. And that for me was kind of like, you're, you're really here for this. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Like, I know that I'm your child and you should do these things, but I, I, I don't even know how to express how grateful I am that you're sat here and you don't necessarily completely understand what's going on, but you'll believe in me and you want to help me find out who I am. Um, and that was just that was just incredible to have that kind of support, especially at a young age.
1: Especially at a young age, and especially, I would suggest when it may have felt like you were swimming upstream, you mm. know, at times. I mean, potentially, 100%. like may, maybe you you weren't even aware that 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 this was something that you would be become a leading activist for out of necessity that we need people like you kenny we desperately need people like you to be leading the charge but uh, to have a mother like that who who believed in you to to, to that extent definitely gave you an amazing start to yeah. your life
2: i wasn't i wasn't be an activist right now but it wasn't for her because she was the kind of person that installed a lot of like faith in me and said like kenny like you are an amazing young man like show more of that to the world like don't be shy like just be yourself like people love you um and so to hear that and you know kind of consistently as well this isn't a one-time occasion we'd have pet talks (laughs) like once a week of her telling me like you can do this you've got this like you have support um and again like my older sister as well is very supportive um I had a great friendship circle so uh, you know I've, I've been very very lucky to have a lot of support around me um and to this day, still have a very good support system, and that's what's kind of allowed me to do the work that I, I do. Because if I didn't have that, um, I don't, I don't think I'd mentally be able to be in this space.
1: Mm, mm. Which brings me to my last question, which question five? You've got more right so far. You're brilliant at this. In fact, you might be the first ever guest on the Happy Vagina that's got all of them right. Let's which see uh, a <laughs> 2015 survey. Very painfully, he said that 80% of gay and lesbian youth report severe social isolation.
2: What percentage is that? 80. 80. Does it say an age bracket or anything?
1: Oh, Kelly, take me to task. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's youth. The youth. What does youth, youth.
2: mean? Okay, I'm going to assume by youth it's saying under 25, and in that case, I'm going to say yes. It is true. Yeah. It's true. That's sad, but I'm not surprised
1: you got five out of five. You are now my most successful
0: half-vagina. you
1: to Kenny.
0: <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: <laughs> just for those people who are listening that don't know anything about you, can you just say a little bit about how your activism started?
2: Sure. So it was March 2018, um, I had done like small bits of activism, uh, but I wouldn't classify myself as an activist. I was more just like speaking about, you know, my personal experience and, you know, hoping that people found comfort in that um, or learned something. But March, 2018, I was approached by uh, a company at the time uh, called Pink Parcel um, and they're a period company subscription service. And they turned around and they said they wanted to do a campaign around periods and they wanted me to be a part of it. And I was like, like why very confused at the time and they were like we want to you know spread the message that I want to be inclusive of all people who bleed um and at the time i think i was just i was just shocked that you know a period company wanted to to work with me because at that time you know periods were solely associated with cis women we didn't think about non binary people we didn't think about trans men um and so that's kind of where everything really launched for me um so i stepped into the period space and I, you know, I learned a lot in that time and I realized that actually a lot of what I was talking about before that was kind of just more about navigating society as a trans person. But I realized that actually my voice is needed within the period space um, to spread the message of, you know, all people who bleed and being inclusive of that. Um, that's kind of where my activism had started. And then since then, I've, you know, evolved into talk about other things like mental health. Um, I talk about intimacy um, and it's like body politics as a whole, really.
1: Was there ever a moment when that offer came through to you that you thought I don't know if I want to be this public? Or was it like an immediate gut feeling, I have to do this?
2: Well, I think it was mixed. Like I didn't at the time I traded stocks and currencies, like I didn't know the power of the media, so I didn't know what to kind of expect from this. All I knew in my mind at the time was this is very different to the period conversation that we currently have and given that this will probably get a lot of you know a lot of press um but i wasn't thinking that it would be like a continuous thing i thought it'd be like 15 minutes of fame kind of situation at max of you know this big kind of uproar about this conversation Uh, and then it would calm down Uh, but it, it it didn't work out like that but i felt this kind of connection to the cause of being you know so ashamed of my periods growing up that i was like do you know what if this can help one other trans guy, I would be doing the right thing here. So mm-hmm. I felt, I felt quite in my soul. I felt obligated to do it. Although I wasn't, I felt obligated. Um, and that was enough for me to kind of to drive me to do it really. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm very glad that I did because, you know, I think, I think, I think we was at, we was at a time where that conversation was kind of I would say it's the beginning but it was the first time that I had seen such conversation around how we use language around periods um start to take place and I think I just happened to be in the right time the right place at the right time um and that's that's why I'm 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 here today still because um Mm -hmm. that conversation is very prime at the moment especially around what JK Rowling has been saying um and other people so it's yeah it's
1: Yeah, the J.K. Rowling uh, debate that's been going on is really astonishing. I feel particularly as a woman who has a public profile followed by so many young people, her comments without any research were, were potentially very damaging. But there's also this other bit of me, Kenny, that's like what she's just done has potentially moved us forward again.
2: What do you mean by but, move forward?
1: Well, her comments were outrageous, but it's brought the topic right back into the forefront again. If she hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have had the opportunity. It's not how it should happen. It's not how life should happen, Kenny. Life should happen that we sit down and have conversations and yeah. respect each other as human beings. But and And, I, and I'm not saying that it's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. but there was I'm just a you.
1: moment when I was like oh okay what she's done is she's given us another opportunity to fight for what's right
2: I would say she's given us an example to say to show what's wrong and mm. and you know I, I think the kind of feedback and, and the amount of people that have come and said no what you've said is wrong was a real kind of turning point for me because I was like wow like if, if she had said this maybe two years ago there, there, wouldn't be this much of a response. No. Like, so no. it, it kind of for me, it was that acknowledgement point of wow, we've come a long way for people to recognize that what she's saying is wrong, and not just trans people, but lots and lots of cis women going, no, actually, that's wrong. Um, so that was very interesting, but it's a shame that that is kind of what it's needed to be to kind of like educate somebody, and it's it's sad as well because she's a very educated woman, um, mm. and if you ask me, she knows what she's doing. Um, so it's you know it comes from a very damaging place and uh, you know and a potentially hurtful place but you're right it kind of I, I wouldn't say it's moved the conversation forward I would say it's brought more light to you know what needs to be changed um mm. and the, kind of the problem the problematic of the, the language like her turning turn around and saying why are we basically saying people who bleed um mm. it's yeah it's just kind of shine light on where we're at really
1: You've mentioned feeling hurt by the comments and you also mentioned shame around your period. And I know that you are very actively outspoken about mental health and how to stay mentally well. And I I, I wondered what has happened for you in terms of your mental health since fronting the campaign that you did and whether or not you had any backlash from people around it and what you needed to do to keep yourself mentally well, being that leading force that you are
2: it it was difficult like i i remember at times feeling like yeah i finally got like a hold on this and then just like within hours just feeling like stripped away Um, because you know i think when you're quote-unquote a public figure um and and you spend so much time on instagram talking about like your personal experience you kind of relive trauma consistently like your brain doesn't know the difference your body doesn't know the difference um so it's been quite, it's been quite difficult. And for the most part, I've just been trying to find joy wherever I can. Um, and that has kind of been a way for, to try balance it, but also essentially trying to put boundaries in place, like with how much, like how often I check Instagram, what I actually spend my time like responding to, um, knowing that certain accounts are just better to like get and leave. Um, so it's been, yeah, kind of like knowing what to do and basically when to preserve my energy and when to actually use it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: it's probably been one of the biggest things that to to try to maintain mental like good mental health but yeah it's 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 quite difficult um and it's very much I'm still very much in the learning process I would say but I definitely feel like I've got you know I've been two years in this game now and I feel like I've definitely got I have more understanding on it but I wouldn't say I have a better handle on it because the bigger you kind of grow the more places your attention is demanded the more times that whenever somebody says transphobic that I'm expected to respond. Um, So it comes with a lot of, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but just a lot of, um, people expect a lot from you.
1: Responsibility.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Perfect word, responsibility, essentially. So it's about, you know, kind of knowing when to tap in and tap out has probably been one of the biggest, the biggest things for me.
1: Mm, Hmm. I love the fact that you've just mentioned looking for joy in your life. And um, it's been a great joy to have you come on the podcast twice. (laughs) Um, um, Just tell me the things that bring you the greatest joy in your life today, Kenny.
2: Um, I would say my Giacomo, my little man. Um, He's a little long-haired chihuahua. He's very much like me. Uh, I love him very much. Uh, My wonderful girlfriend, Megan, she's just the most incredible woman that I've ever met. Like, I think the fact that we have a similar career um, is nice as well because, you know, she's someone who I can talk to and she gets it. Um, And we also just click very well as people. Um, And the friends I have, really. And hopefully I will buy a new car sometime soon and that will bring me plenty of joy because I love cars. (laughs)
1: Oh my god! My car just blew up on the motorway. I need. Oh my god! So sorry. <laughs>
2: that's so I, terrible. I am sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am fine. Thank you. I, I think that that is just such a so so you so your dog, your partner,
2: yeah,
1: your friends, nice. and a new car. Yeah, you sound like a very well human being to me, Penny. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Do. And I am and I am super grateful to you for your time, and hopefully you'll come back on yeah. and we'll talk some more.
2: Yeah, go in more depth, 100%.
1: Amazing. Thanks for coming on the Half Vagina, Kenny.
2: Oh, I speak too soon.